tell you why we employ more than 2,000 workers at our factory in Virginia Beach and why over 10,000 local steel dealers are putting battery power in the hands of Americans. Just three words, made in America. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. The majority of steel products sold in America are made in America of U.S. and foreign materials. Batteries and chargers are sourced internationally. This is Will Oswald with your Monday Ticket Radio Network Sports Update. Brought to you by Plastic Tire Service. Arkansas State sweeping their final series against UALR in Sunbelt Conference Baseball over the weekend. Taking the Friday finale 7-6 at Gary Hogan Field. Scoring the winning run in the top of the ninth. Courtesy of a Trojan's wild pitch. Saturday's series finale was canceled due to unplayable conditions at Gary Hogan Field due to rain. That hits Central Arkansas. It's now the Red Wolves and the Razorbacks tomorrow. Beginning a two-game series at Baumwalker Stadium in Fayetteville. The Hawks sweeping LSU over the weekend. And with that, moving up to as high as number two in the country in this morning's Collegiate Baseball newspaper, Chot 25. They're also number four in the new polls by D1Baseball.com, Baseball America, and the perfect game. Top 25. Cardinals split with Milwaukee in their four-game series in Wisconsin, losing yesterday's series finale 6-5. They're off today. Cardinals will go to Miami for a three-game series starting tomorrow. Four tires in one hour. That's guaranteed a plans the tire service. And that's the latest from the Ticket Radio Network. This is KNEA K237FI 95.3 and K245CW 96.9 Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon. The Ticket Radio Network. It's time for The Setup, the fastest hour in sports talk here on The Ticket. Here are your hosts, Cade Carlton and Andrew Bowen. All right, welcome in here on this Monday, April 18th, 2022 edition of the show. Here on The Ticket Radio Network, Cade Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you for the next hour or so. Here on uh, Ticket Radio Network, uh, 953theticket.com, through the TuneIn app by searching for KNEA. You can also find us uh, on our socials, uh, Facebook, at The Ticket Radio, Twitter, at The Ticket Radio, and Instagram, The Ticket Radio Network, is where you can find us there. Uh, a lot of things we'll, we'll dive into over the course of the next hour on the show. Obviously, we'll talk a lot about uh, the NBA playoffs, most notably the Grizzlies, who uh, lost in the opening round of the NBA playoffs uh, on Saturday. So we'll talk Grizz. We'll look around at the national scene and uh, set the stage for tonight in the uh, third night of the NBA playoffs. Uh, we also had a really good weekend for A-State baseball that we have to talk about, some MLB and other things going on. So uh, a lot of different things to dive into over the next uh, two hours. Right now, Andrew Bowen will get us caught up with some headlines. Brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. A-State Baseball collected its first Sunbelt Conference Series win over the weekend as the Red Wolves won 7-6 six, to six, excuse me, Friday at Little Rock. A-State also won Game 1 of the series on Thursday, but was unable to go for the three-game sweep as Saturday's series finale was canceled due to poor field conditions. Elsewhere, number six, Arkansas baseball swept LSU, closing out the set with a 6-2 win Saturday at Baumwalker Stadium. Also in Razorback news, football coach Sam Pittman and the University of Arkansas have agreed to a raise and a long-term contract extension. Full contract details have not yet been released. In the pros, the Memphis Grizzlies dropped game one of their first-round playoff series against Minnesota, 130-117. Game two is on Tuesday. 
And the St. Louis Cardinals had to settle for a split in their four-game series at Milwaukee after losing 6-5 on Sunday. Albert Pujols homered in the loss. And this has been your Daily Headlines, brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. All right, so it was uh, not the best of weekends for the Memphis Grizzlies as they got their playoff run underway and uh, lost in the first game of the first round to the Minnesota Timberwolves on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Next game is uh, coming up tomorrow night at 7.30 at FedEx Forum in in Memphis. Um, Again, the game didn't go the way you had hoped, but it was cool to see the playoff atmosphere uh, fully back in Memphis. You know, I think we had talked about it on the show on Friday that, you know, I don't think uh I think last year the the highest attendance they were allowed to have with COVID regulations and everything was uh 60% or something like that so you didn't truly have a playoff atmosphere back uh until Saturday at FedEx Forum and at that point it was the first time you've truly had one since I don't know I guess 2016 uh would have been the last time the Grizz would have been in the playoffs since uh not not counting last year, so uh, it, it's been a while, and it was cool to see that. Uh, I, I don't think there was very many, if any, seats to be had inside FedEx Forum on uh, on Saturday, and so uh, the atmosphere was cool. Obviously, the yellow grout towels waving was was cool. Uh, didn't last long enough, as it kind of felt like uh, beyond the pregame and first half, there wasn't just a ton. Uh, towel-waving moments in that game for the Grizz, but it was cool to see uh, a full playoff atmosphere back in full force uh, in Memphis. So, you know, uh, Grizzlies did a pretty good job marketing as well. You had Red Panda at the half, which was awesome. Uh, Plus, you know, they brought out the heel to Grizz, Natch, who was, you know, dressed up in the Timberwolves gear. You saw Grizz jump on someone on, uh, on the table. So they brought out the whole Memphis wrestling uh, all of that, all of that stuff, they brought it out on Saturday. So from that aspect, it was awesome. I mean, everything beyond the game was was pretty awesome on Saturday. It just so happened that the game itself uh, actually wasn't as awesome for for the Grizz. Um, it just felt like every time they had a chance to generate some momentum, they really couldn't hit the shot. Uh, never, never felt like the roof truly came off the place and the crowd. It, you know, had had the full moment to just kind of go crazy. Uh, every time in the second half of play, the Grizz made a big play. It felt like Minnesota came back and answered with a three on the other end, which just sent the crowd right back sitting down. Uh, anytime the Grizz got a stop, it felt like they were, it, you know, anytime the Grizz got a stop and it felt like they were a bucket away from the roof collapsing, they miss an open three or miss an open jump or whatever. And so it just felt like in the third and fourth quarters when the game was still close, there were just so many opportunities that the Grizz let slip away on, on Saturday. And that was obviously a big reason why they, they couldn't pull the, um, couldn't pull the game out on on Saturday. And then, you know, also, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns both were, were unstoppable on Saturday. I kind of thought going into the series that the Grizzlies would be able to neutralize Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, you, you have Steven Adams, you have Jaron Jackson, you have uh, Brandon Clark, and so between the three of them, I, I thought you had a good enough post presence to make life hard on Carl Anthony Towns, and 
make it where he kind of becomes a non-factor, almost like he was in the play-in game against the Clippers. I mean, he only scored like 11 or 12 points, didn't shoot it very effectively from the floor, and you saw the Timberwolves on that given night were a better team without Carl Anthony Towns on the floor. They were obviously not a better team without Carl Anthony Towns on the floor Saturday because um, he went for 29 points and 13 rebounds, 11 of 18 from the field, and it just seemed like the Grizzlies never had an answer when he when he caught it inside. Obviously, it it was far and away from being the best game Stephen Adams has played in the Grizz jersey. Uh, zero points on zero of zero shooting from the floor. Only grabbed three rebounds uh, and was a minus thirteen for the Grizz in twenty four minutes played. So. He pretty much had no effect on the game other than grabbing a few rebounds here and there and committed four fouls for the Grizz. So uh, what you had hoped would be a good enough post unit to stop Carl Anthony Towns obviously didn't come through for the Grizz on Saturday. And so Carl uh, Anthony Towns went off and then, you know, Anthony Edwards just hit jumper after jumper after jumper after jumper. Uh, he didn't miss. Yeah, I mean, he, he was 4 of 11 from 3, made 12 from the field overall. And, you know, obviously some of those were, was getting to the free throw line. Some of those was getting to the rim. But, you know, there was a stretch there in the third and fourth quarter when, you know, the game was kind of back and forth where it felt like uh, Anthony Edwards didn't miss. And that, you know, a, that's doing parts of two things. Number one, Anthony Edwards is a really good basketball player. Number two, the Grizzlies did not play well enough uh, defensively. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, defensively, they looked like a mess, especially with what you were saying with Steven Adams. He just looked like he was getting owned by Cat the entire night, and then Jaron was in early foul trouble. I will say this game, this might have been the most charge calls I've ever seen in my entire life. It was insane, but they were charges. I'm not saying they weren't charges, but they were, and there were so many, and that got Jaron in foul trouble pretty early, and with yeah. that, on top of Steven not having the best game, Cat just went to work. And like you said, he had 29 points. I mean, the dude cooked. And and, and there were a couple of calls. Uh, I don't remember if it was in the third or fourth quarter. Uh, but, you know, Carl Anthony Towns had gotten fouled. He goes to the free throw line. And they call the foul on Steven Adams. And, uh, you know, initially from kind of being up a little bit, uh, you know, obviously I couldn't tell because I'm not right down there to see if it was actually a foul or not. They go to the replay monitor, and Steven Adams gets all ball and never touches his arm. So it, it did feel like there were a couple of those calls that swung the Timberwolves away. But, yeah, I mean, obviously when you get out-rebounded the way the Grizzlies did and when you allow a team to shoot 50% from the field and 39% from three, the officiating is the least of, yeah. of your concerns. Like, the, the officiating did not lose you that game. No, uh, not at all. Allowing them to shoot, allowing them to make 45 field goals and shoot 50% from the floor is is what lost you the game on, on Saturday. So, you know, I thought uh, that was disappointing to not have an answer inside. And the game overall, just from a Grizzlies perspective, was, was not fun. Um uh, now, credit to John Moran. He didn't shoot it particularly well from the floor, but you know was able to get to the free throw line and knock down free throws. Uh, went 16 of 20 from the free throw line of the game on Saturday. And so it, he was able to do that, but outside of Ja and outside of Dylan Brooks... Uh, everyone had an awesome I mean, game. everyone offensively did not play well. Yeah. Uh, D'Anthony Melton especially. Yeah. Uh, Bain shot it poorly from the floor. Jaron Jackson shot it poorly from the floor. Uh, Melton did not play well off the bench. Neither did Tyus Jones or Kyle Anderson 
or even Zaire Williams. Uh, you know, Zaire had that oop in the second quarter of play that I, I think when he caught the oop, it might have tied the game or put the Grizz to within two, and so that was an electric moment. But outside of that alley-oop, like, he did nothing. Yeah. Uh, and your only real contributor off the bench was Brandy Clark, who went for a double-double of 13 points and and 12 rebounds. So, it, just to be honest, game one, it, it kind of sucked, if you're a Grizz fan. I will um, say the, the Timberwolves surprised me. You know, they when they were in the playing game, they looked good. They won their game, obviously. And, I mean, I thought they were okay, but I didn't think they were – that electric as I saw in game one against the Grizzlies I mean they looked unstoppable they were hitting every three they're playing great defense and I was really confused I I was thinking about it with all the other games going on for this playoffs there are tons of teams that are underseeded in this playoffs and it's making it really dangerous for all these other teams because yeah. Minnesota is a lot better than a seven seed based on that game and I mean Brooklyn is also a what are they a seven seed too and or six seed they're they're seven seed, seven yeah. seed yeah they're they're underseeded as well. So there's all these teams that are underseeded where there's the Grizzlies who are two and they didn't play like a two at all. So I, and listen, like I know it's one game, it's a best of seven series, never too high, never too low. Yeah, I don't want to no. overreact to anything like that. But I am way, way more worried about this series right now than I was going into Saturday. No, 100%. And, and, and going into Saturday, I would have picked the Grizz to win in six. I would have said Grizzlies in six in this series. You know, I think Minnesota makes it interesting, but the Grizz probably have more talent. And that still may be true, that the Grizz have more talent on the roster, but I just think it... Now it's not from, a lot. From what we saw on Saturday, I think it... I think the Timberwolves are almost a matchup nightmare for the Grizz. Yeah, um, I was about to say. They, I mean, and, and take whatever happened Saturday. D'Angelo Russell's not going to play that bad the rest of the series. He went 2 of 11 from the floor. He was basically not out there for the Timberwolves. And so you had Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and then Malik Beasley off the bench shouldering the load. Like, I don't think Russell is going to play that bad the rest of the series. And so there's another piece that you can add to the puzzle for if you're Minnesota. He's not shooting 2 of 11 tomorrow night. That's just that's just not happening. And so across the board, I do think there are a lot of, of matchup issues. And it'll be interesting to see how the Grizz try to counterattack that. Uh, obviously, you have a game on film which you could watch and go back and make adjustment, adjustments, uh, adjustments and all that. But... It'll be really interesting tomorrow night to see what is different about the Grizzlies' game plan and kind of how they try to counter the Timberwolves. Um, I would try to counter them by not letting them get off to what was it, an eight eight to nothing start yeah, on, was, on Saturday, yeah. and the Grizzlies had to call the 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 first time out of the game. Uh, yeah, that that was probably not the best best of ways to to get underway for. Uh, for the Grizz, I'm sorry. It was it was nine to two, and that's when the Grizzlies called a timeout. It was nine to two. Uh, yeah, seven zero run, I believe. Yeah, because Dil like Dylan Brooks made a jumper, and then it was it was nine to two. So nine to two was the score when the Grizzlies uh, called a timeout with like two and a half minutes gone by in the opening uh, quarter of play. So you had that. You had the game Saturday, and then also Saturday, and I, I think this was in the second quarter with like five four or five minutes to go because there was it was a media timeout the Grizzlies were fouled I don't remember who was going to the line maybe it was Dylan Brooks that was going to the line to shoot free throws but uh you're coming out of the timeout the Grizzlies have two free throws upcoming and so uh, like I was just on my phone not really paying attention and waiting for both teams to get out of the timeout and 
see the Grizzlies shoot these free throws. And I get a tap on my shoulder from a, a buddy I went to the game with. He's like, hey, look down here at this basket. And so, sure enough, like right in front of me, of course, like I'm in the club level on the first row behind the basket where this happened. And sure enough, like right in front of us, there is a lady chained to the basket. And at first, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, it it took me a while to to process the whole situation to be like, oh, no, holy crap, that person has chained themselves to the basket, and there is like five security people down here trying to get them unchained to the basket. And, and it was probably like a, a full three- or four-minute process of getting this person unchained from the post to the basket. Um, I want to know how did no one notice, and it took him that long. Yeah, that 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 was that was what was one of the most bizarre things is because obviously, like I wasn't paying attention, so I didn't see it unfold and see how everything went down. Because again, like Grizzlies are breaking the timeout; they have two free throws, and I, so obviously, like I was not looking at that basket during the timeout. Like I was, you know, see what people were saying about the game, and then getting ready for the Grizzlies to shoot two free throws. And again, the next thing I know, someone is chained to the basket. So I like I would love to see a full video of a where this person was sitting at, and b how they got down there to chain themselves to the basket. Uh, because I do feel like if your security, especially during the timeout when the security is all over the floor to prevent people from getting on the floor during the timeout, like how does this happen? Timberwolves fans have been weird the past two weeks. First, we had the person glue themselves to the basketball court, and yeah, now, I'm just so confused. Yeah, it, I, I don't know it's, why. It's one of the most bizarre things I've, I've ever seen at the sporting event, and I just like it, it took me probably about five minutes after it happened to to kind of like put it away because like I just kept saying over and over like I I cannot believe I just saw that at at, at a sporting event. <laughs> it's one I of those. I cannot believe just, I just saw that. It's one of those things where you know you're in a timeout and you're just sitting there thinking and you're like so why why like why I personally think that was a little bit crazier of an experience than the experience I had at Neyland Stadium this year. Oh, the golf ball with the golf ball and mustard (laughs) and all that being thrown onto the field because at least with that there was a reason. Well, well, I mean, like you saw, but at least with that at halftime, I personally. And not that the energy in there wasn't uh, a little bit worrisome throughout the whole night. But at halftime, I remember sitting there and personally just kind of thinking to myself and being like, man, I hope Ole Miss puts this, puts this game away because it, it it's like 10 o'clock, 10, 15 at night. People have been drinking all day. The energy's starting to shift in this stadium. If something, if something bad happens for Tennessee – it's going to be crazy walking out of here. Now, yeah. I had no way of predicting what was about to unfold on the field. But, like, there was at least a little part of me that was like, this postgame scene might be might a be wild. a little bit too much, yeah. and I might be a little bit worried. And that was even at halftime. Like, I had no indication or idea this was coming. And so this just, like, the complete surprise element just caught me off guard. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. So, I, I, again, I don't know – how this continues to be able to happen, especially during timeouts when that is when the security should be at their highest because they're all gathered around the floor. So I, I guess the only solution to this is that NBA security has to be better. Like, I don't know, because it, it's pretty wild. This is happening back-to-back Timberwolves games. Yeah, I guess you have to 
I guess you have to beef up the courtside security, which I'm sure people will complain about, but it's going to prevent stuff like this from happening. So yeah, I'm it, all for it. it I don't was... want to have another 10 minute game delay because someone glued and, and that's the, the thing. Floor. Like it, it, it took so long to get back to action. Yeah. And I don't know, because I know uh, at one point during the game and I don't, because I haven't gone back and rewatched the game, so I don't know exactly what point this is. But I did know just by getting on Twitter both during and after the game that at some point the audio to the broadcast had cut out from, yeah. the, from the courtside feed, and they were sending it back to the studio announcers. So uh, Big Cat from Barstool tweeted about it, and I was watching the game, and I thought it was my TV. It sounded like a screeching... Um, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. I guess when your cable cuts out, it's like... It sounded yeah. like that. And it was nonstop, so I muted the TV, and then it went to commercial, and the commercials were fine. And then it kept coming back, and it was just the game and that noise for probably 10 minutes before they finally gave it back to the L.A. guys, and they're like, hey, uh, we're having technical issues. And then it took until, I think, the beginning of the third quarter to fix the broadcast, or maybe the middle so of the second quarter. When when the person chained themselves to the basket, the broadcast audio was not there. I was don't think so. Okay. I don't remember because I saw it on Twitter and I was out of the room when it happened. Okay. But I believe it was on the LA crew. And let me tell you, I, I don't want that crew to ever call a game ever again because it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> it was really well, bad. Well, that was uh, again. That was another element to what was a crazy day at uh, at FedEx Forum on on Saturday. So uh, again, tomorrow's game two. I don't want to get on here and say it's a must win, but it's. Kind of a must win for the Grizz uh, tomorrow night because you let that thing go back to Minnesota. Timberwolves up 2-0. Yeah, it's it's a momentum that's, thing. That's that's tough. Yeah, that is that is tough because then at that point, like you pro you have to win. You have to probably win both games in Minnesota for for you to feel really good about where it's, you're at. It's an uphill battle for yeah. sure. So it's it's definitely momentum and just you know you don't want to go down 2-0. No, not at no. all, especially so, with the way court. Uh, anyways, that's uh, that's what went on Saturday at FedEx Forum. All right, we'll take a timeout. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk some more NBA from the weekend. Had a pretty good day of uh, NBA games yesterday as well, so we'll talk about that and more after this timeout here on The Ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. More of the setup coming up next on The Ticket Radio Network. At First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, it is important that we are where you are. You see, it's not only about offering the latest in banking technology, it's also about being there for you. We pride ourselves in having multiple locations where you are never far from one of our offices. We know it's important to you that from time to time you visit with us personally about a product or service or just a question about your account. We know the convenience of that service is important. You see, it's not just about the products we offer, but it is also about convenience. That's why we are where you are. First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, member F. There's nothing quite like seeing a baseball crushed over the fence when the Red Wolves are on the diamond. Crushing the hood of your car is a different story. Collision Repair in Jonesboro knows the hassle that a wreck or fender bender causes in our day-to-day lives. You need to be back in your vehicle fast and don't have time to keep taking it back in the shop for missed details. Collision Repair is committed to delivering quality work in a timely manner so you can be back on the road fast. Get your vehicle fixed right 
the first time. Call Collision Repair at 935-9482. He shoots, he scores! Central 4, just off Interstate 555 at exit 29 in Truman, is proud to have L.A. Lakers rising superstar and Northeast Arkansas native Austin Reeves be a part of the Central 4 team. Austin had an amazing rookie season with the Lakers, and we at Central 4 are looking forward to many more great years to come for Austin as a Laker and a Central 4 team member. Central 4, just off Interstate 555 at exit 29 in Truman and online at central4truman.com. The EAB Sports Network is proud to bring you local high school baseball and softball action this spring. Join us Tuesday as the Jonesboro Golden Hurricane hosts Green County Tech in a key 5A East baseball battle. First pitch is set for 430 with pregame coverage at 420 on News Talk 1021 KBTM. High school baseball on the EAB Sports Network is brought to you by NEA Baptist, First National Bank, Real Estate Nate, Jonesboro Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, Domino's Pizza, the Cavanaugh Auto Group, and St. Bernard's. It's Jonesboro at GCT and baseball action Tuesday at 430 on the EAB Sports Network. When we walk, when we reach, when we play, we're moving through life. Lately, we haven't been moving enough. An estimated 80% of Americans aren't getting their recommended daily physical activity. This is a health crisis, and the solution is in our hands and our feet. It's on our shoulders. It's on our backs. It's in our souls. It's time to move and keep moving, America, wherever you are, however you can. Movement reduces your risk of diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. It improves your brain function, pain management, and immune system. And when you need help, physical therapists and physical therapist assistants are by your side, increasing your strength and mobility and improving your quality of life through prescribed exercise and teamwork. Because we are meant to climb, to dance, to soar, to thrive. Choose to move. Choose physical therapy. Visit ChoosePT.com. My friend Teddy almost set his house on fire. He used a counterfeit, you know, a fake wall charger. He had to go to the hospital. My big sister Jenna's face turned bright red. She was just showing people online how to use a new cream. She still has the scars. My brother's friend Billy had to jump off his motor scooter when it caught fire. He fell and got hit by a car. He broke his leg, blew his chances to play basketball in college. My BFF Chloe was riding her bike and hit a ditch. Her helmet broke in two. Now, she has a brain injury. There is a cost to buying cheap. Do you want to pay the price? Real products are tested for safety. Protect yourself. Don't fall for fake products. Visit ncpc.org slash go for real. Brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council and the United States Patent and Trademark Office. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back as we continue on on a Monday edition of the show. Here on the Ticket Radio Network, uh, continue to talk some playoff basketball. We'll we'll switch gears and talk some baseball here in a minute. Uh, but, uh, again, recapping what was a, a crazy day at FedEx Forum on Saturday. Grizz uh, next back in action coming up tomorrow night at 730. Uh, that game, by the way, won't be on here tomorrow night as uh, we'll have A-State baseball as the A-State baseball team on the road at Arkansas tomorrow. More on that in in a moment. Right now, we'll kind of look around at so, some of the other uh, games from the weekend. Uh, 
Started off Saturday by seeing the Jazz go up 1-0 on the Mavs. Uh, Luka Doncic doubtful for game two. So that one has the chance to get uh, pretty dicey for the Mavericks as it will shift back to Utah for games three and four. Uh, coming up later in the week. So we'll see how that one goes tomorrow night. Probably a little bit of a must win for, for Dallas to have that series even up going back to Utah later on in the week. So, uh, again, that will be interesting to watch. Uh, it- the the Jazz, I will say, watching that game, the Jazz tried every imaginable scenario to throw that game away. I think at the end of the game, the Mavericks shot about 12 points worth of free throws. Yeah, see, it, it so... It was horrendous. Like, obviously, I wasn't watching because at that point I was in the arena, but... Um, I knew that it was a close game because it kept pushing the Grizz back a little bit. And so, like, mm-hmm. I was score-tracking it on ESPN and all that, but, like, I didn't watch any of that game beyond, like, the first quarter. So It, it was – if Luka comes back for game two, I think the Mavs are going to take it based on how the Jazz played game one. Maybe they changed their game plan. Mike Conley played great, but Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and all of them, uh, Bogdanovich especially, they were just chucking shots – Double team, triple team sometimes. It just looked terrible. And then the Mavs would get a rebound, an easy layup, or they'd get an easy foul. And both the teams were in the bonus pretty early. I think it was the third quarter, and everyone was going to the line every – it felt like every minute. So it was a really ugly game. Um, You're probably glad you didn't watch it, to be honest. But, (laughs) yeah, that's – Yeah, so – it kind of caught bits and pieces of the other two on Saturday night. Uh, the the one I watched the most was uh, was Nuggets Warriors, uh, and just kind of felt bad for Jokic uh, because virtually now nobody is around him. Jamal Murray's not coming back, uh, and Michael Porter Jr. is hurt all the time. So at this point, the best case for them is probably a gentleman sweep, and Jokic averaging thirty and ten just to lose in the first round. So I kind of felt bad for him there. Uh, Jordan Poole went crazy. Yeah, Jordan Poole is in, is an emerging superstar and has been fun to watch. Uh, the Heat are probably going to wipe the floor with the Hawks. That game was just never Definitely, close yesterday, yeah. it and ugly. it it continues to be wild because and you can make the argument maybe maybe Jimmy Butler is a superstar, but I mean the Heat are a legitimately great team without a true like superstar on their roster. They just have a bunch of really really good pieces I mean, all around. Yeah, it's Jimmy and. Uh, that game, at least, it was Jimmy and Duncan Robinson. Duncan yeah. Robinson did not miss. And Tyler Hero, you know, had some good defensive plays here and there. But, man, he airballed about three times, and it was just embarrassing on his part. But yeah. the Heat looked great, so I don't. I think it's a sweep. I don't think they're going to get a game. Yeah, I did not watch hardly any of that yesterday because it was kind of out of hand from an early point. But it was so boring. did watch a lot of Brooklyn and Boston yesterday, which was, which was awesome. Uh, Best game. Of the first, yeah, I'm kind of torn on the whole Kyrie deal because obviously, like, listen, the the whole Boston thing is going to be a very touchy subject for the remainder of Kyrie's career, right? So, I mean, he's he's initially in Boston. He says he's going to sign a contract and be a Celtic for life, and then he goes back on his word, and now he's with the Nets, and so there's a lot of animosity. On, I guess probably now on both sides, there's a lot of animosity. Um, so on one hand, like I'm sure he was getting cussed out and called a lot of different things. But also, Kyrie was also flipping the bird to the crowd after a made three. So I kind of go back and forth on whether or not to to side with with Kyrie at all. I mean, regardless, 
him and Kevin Durant are extremely fun to watch, and I think that series is is going to be the most fun of them all. I think it's probably going to go six, uh, and I think that could be the most fun series that we have in the uh, first round of the NBA playoffs. I agree, and with the whole Kyrie thing, my I think it's fine. Just I mean, it's just the back and forth banter. Like he said in the interview afterwards, he's kind of just you know you expect it coming in. It's a hostile environment. Um, I was you know I didn't like Kyrie for all the stuff but that was going on but now it's now I'm fine with it and you know if if people are going to throw stuff at him in the past and then get upset when he flips off the crowd I mean then don't throw stuff at him or see I have no problem with the verbal response right like yeah yeah I have no problem with a player if a fan is chirping at a player and keeps chirping whatever or if it's just a collective unit of fans that are just going after a player all night. Like, I have no problem whatsoever if the player responds back. Like, as long as they don't do anything physical, I have no problem with them responding yeah, back. Yeah, I agree. The hand gesture, though, I... It I, is. I have a little bit. I have a. I have a little bit of a problem with that. Yeah, it's a little bit of a gray area, so I yeah. understand that. And, you know... I, I'm sure he'll get a fine because, I mean, Kevin Durant got a fine earlier this season yeah. for saying something. So the fact that he flipped off the crowd, he's probably going to get yeah. a, uh, so. a fine. Anyways, that uh, that went on yesterday. You also had Milwaukee uh, taking down Chicago, and then Phoenix just kind of steamrolled uh, the Pelicans yesterday as well. So uh, three NBA games coming up tonight is the first round of the NBA playoffs continue on. Uh, 6.30 tonight on TNT, it's Raptors Sixers. Uh, Jazz Mavericks, the 7.30 game on NBA TV. And Nuggets Warriors, the 9 o'clock game tonight on TNT. So it was a good weekend for basketball. It was also a good weekend for some A-State baseball as A-State was able to take the series in Little Rock. Um, Kind of a weird deal because, listen, like, you look around the Mid-South area and you look at the baseball series that were played this weekend, and what you saw in a lot of instances was, hey, first off, everyone's playing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so you don't play on Easter. But B, what you saw in a lot of instances was with the forecasted weather for Friday into Saturday all across the Mid-South, you saw a lot of teams moving their series to Thursday, Friday only, and playing a doubleheader on Friday. That obviously was not the case with A-State this weekend. Um, as I guess Little Rock thought there was going to be a break in the storms, and they wanted to play on Saturday. Well, it kind of didn't work out for Little Rock because now A-State wins the series 2 to nothing. Um, it, it did kind of stink in the instance that I mean, A-State was already down there ready to play a game and they can't play because of the weather. And so now you've stayed an extra night in Little Rock for essentially nothing and delayed getting back to Jonesboro, whatever. But uh, it kind of worked out on, kind of worked out bad for Little Rock uh, because A-State was able to get two in the series and then uh, Little Rock was not able to get another crack at it on on Saturday. So uh, you, you go back to Friday, it was 7-6 to six that A-State was able to get the win. Obviously a thrilling game on Thursday, but then on Friday, A-State was able to get a run in the top half of the ninth inning to win it 7-6 uh, to six in in that one as uh, Jalen DeShazer came home to score on a pass ball, which was the difference in the game for, for A-State. So first Sunbelt Series win of the year 
for for a state and it also kind of works out that A-State gets the series win over Little Rock in the final time these two will be meeting as Sunbelt Conference foes. So uh, it worked out for A-State in that sense. And now you go and look at the Sunbelt Conference standings, and what you see is that A-State has a legitimate shot to get into that 10 spot. That's not saying this will make this some like uber successful season if they get into the 10 spot, but... They have a chance to go to the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. They were like four games out going into the weekend. And now, after getting a couple of wins, they're one game back of App State for 11. They're two games back of, or I guess a game and a half back of UT Arlington for the 10th spot. So, A-State still has to play UTA. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, ULM is right in front of UTA. So, like... There's still series on this schedule that A-State can win and have a chance to get into a top 10 spot in in conference play. So, all of a sudden, the door is, is kind of open for A-State to sneak into that Sunbelt Conference uh, tournament after That'd be a, great a good weekend this week. Uh, by the way, ULM is the final series of the regular season. It's at Monroe, and A-State also plays UT Arlington. At UT Arlington. So, the two series that you really need to win to be able to get into the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, both are on the road. So, it's a little bit of an uphill battle, but still, the door is open for A-State to get into that Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Uh, Next up, it's a two-game swing at Arkansas. Uh, Forecast on Tuesday night, uh, late Tuesday night into Wednesday, doesn't look particularly great. So, uh, will be interesting to see if they alter that series whatsoever. Uh, scheduled for a 6.30 first pitch tomorrow, and then 4 o'clock is the first pitch coming up on Wednesday. So that uh, that's kind of what's going on there with, with A-State baseball. Uh, in other A-State news that came out earlier today, as Chris Hudgeson of KIT reporting, that Champ Flemings, a former five-star receiver from Oregon State has transferred to A-State, played in 42 career games at Oregon State, made 10 starts uh, for his career, 61 receptions, 902 yards, and four touchdowns. He was also a member of the Pac-12 honorable mention uh, team back in 2020. So uh, A-State adds a little bit more depth to the wide receiver room as uh, they get Champ Flemings from Oregon State to come in via the transfer portal. Uh, 15 receptions for 270 yards and one touchdown last year. The uh, the numbers for Champ Flemings for for Oregon State. So that uh, that the latest that is the latest there from the A State football side of things. All right. Uh, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll uh, we'll try and check in on some A-State women's golf. They're in the Sunbelt Conference Championship. And uh, take a look around at the weekend in the MLB. That's coming up after this timeout here on The Ticket. Tara's icing down. Kobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. Play ball. The setup continues right after this on The Ticket Radio Network. That's baseball. Hytrol's mission is to create material handling technology and relationships that move the world. You see the mission statement being lived out pretty much everywhere at Hytrol. It's a pretty unique mission in that there's a greater purpose in it. Think about the idea of moving the world, everything that we use in our day-to-day lives, that our families use, everything is impacted by the work that we do at Hytrol. 
and so there's a bigger purpose there. Become a part of the High Troll family. Visit careers.hightroll.com. When you bank at First Security, you're choosing better for yourself and fellow Arkansans. Better service from friendly professionals who really invest in your goals. Better solutions with convenient tools and smart resources. And better support for the things that matter to you, as well as the communities that matter to us all. Because finding your better at First Security makes Arkansas better too. First Security. Bank better. Member FDIC. What are you looking for in a dentist? Experience, a friendly, caring staff, the latest in procedures and technology. You can have all of those things at Brooklyn Dental. Dr. Tony and Dr. Adams have been taking care of patients across the area for years and have brought that care to the all-new Brooklyn Dental. They're accepting new patients right now and work with all types of insurance. So why wait? Call Brooklyn Dental now at 393-5330 to schedule an appointment. That's 393-5330. Brooklyn Dental, open now on Highway 49 North in Brooklyn. It's springtime and your friends at the Ticket Radio Network are ready for all the fun that comes with it. We're home to every A-State baseball game the rest of the season. Plus, home of the Memphis Grizzlies as they make their run through the playoffs. And be sure to listen every weekday to the Front Row with Budrow from 7 to 10. RWRC Radio, 10 to noon. The Workday Red Zone with Kara Ritchie from noon to 2. The Setup from 2 to 3. And The Drive with Brad Bobo from 3 to 6. It's all right here on the Ticket Radio Network. I was on my second tour of combat duty when I got injured. After extensive rehab and learning how to use a wheelchair, I started looking for an apartment. But many units had steps and narrow doorways. I fought for freedom and thought I would be free to choose where I live. My husband and I are blessed with two young children. Recently, we thought we had found the perfect apartment online, but the listing said no children. Our dream was to have a family. But now that we've found our dream home, we're being denied because we are a family. After the phone interview, we assumed the apartment was ours. But when we showed up, the manager was quick to say it's no longer available. These individuals all experience some form of housing discrimination. If it happens to you, know what to do. Be informed and aware of your rights. The only way to stop housing discrimination is to report it. Take action and visit hud.gov slash fairhousing. Or call HUD's Housing Discrimination Hotline at 1-800-669-9777. A public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. There's a monster under my bed. There's a monster in my bathtub. Mine is on my dresser. There's a monster in the kitchen. For a child with asthma, it can seem like monsters are everywhere. There's a monster in my pillow. There's one on the rug. The fact is, their next asthma attack could be triggered by something as innocent as a teddy bear or a dripping faucet, even a bath toy. I don't like monsters. Fortunately, there are simple ways you can help prevent their next attack, from putting stuffed animals in the freezer to kill dust mites, to drying bath toys and turning on the bathroom fan to prevent mold. They're easy to do, and they're part of a complete plan that could help you put an end to your child's asthma attacks. Learn more at noattacks.org or call 866-NO-ATTACKS. Make the monsters go away. Because their next breath is in your hands. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. It's the fastest hour in sports talk. Now back to the setup on the Ticket Radio Network. All right, welcome back here on the setup. A short segment coming up. Kind of went 
overboard a little bit in the first segment, recapping a wild Saturday inside FedEx Forum in Memphis. Uh, all right, so checking in on A-State women's golf. They're they're done for the day, by the way. In the second round of the Sunbelt Conference Championship, uh, they moved down to the third spot in the tournament at 23 over. Georgia Southern is the leaders, or are the leaders, at 17 over in the tournament. Uh, individually, Olivia Schmidt is four over, tied for sixth in the tournament for for a state so uh third and final round coming up uh tomorrow and a state uh will enter that third and final round six strokes back of the leader georgia southern in the sunbelt conference championship so uh that's what's going on there uh from the mlb this weekend albert pujols hit home run number 681 and a moonshot at milwaukee uh, so he's now 19 away from the illustrious 700 career home runs uh, he has proven throughout the first, I don't know what, two weeks of the season that he can still feast on left-handers. Uh, probably should be as far away from the lineup as possible when a right-hander is pitching, but uh, can still feast on left-handed pitchers. And he has two home runs on the year, 19 to go to get to uh, career 700. You think he's going to get home it? Home runs. I, I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm in the same boat. I don't know. I know he says this is his last year, but I have a tough time believing that if you're on like 695 or 696, something like that, and you only need a handful more of home runs to get to 700, I have a tough time believing you wouldn't come back and try to get to that. Even if the stipulation is like, hey, once I get to 700, I'm out. I'm retiring. I don't care if it's May 4th or July 4th. I'm retiring. Even if that was a stipulation, like I, there's no way you could do that. You can't do the A Rod deal. Yeah. Were you? Were you? Were you like four home runs away from 700? You can't do that. No, I agree. I mean, I don't think he could. I don't think he'd want to uh, walk away if he's that close. I mean, I wouldn't at least. Especially yeah. being you know competitive. 2020 really, really, really hurt the 700 home run chase because yeah. if he gets a full season in 2020. I, I mean, we might be talking about like 693 or 694 or something like that at this point. Mm-hmm. Heck, like he might even be there at this point if he gets the full season in 2020. Yeah, because, that might have been it right there. <laughs> uh, I mean, he hit, like in 2019, he hit like 19, 20 home runs, something like that. So he still had the power to hit 15 to 20 home run range, but that shortened season in 2020 just really, really hurt the 700 home run chase. So definitely, I don't know. That'll be uh that'll be interesting, uh, interesting to see. Also, the Orioles took the series from the Yankees. The Orioles are going to be fun this year. I don't care what anybody says. They're not going to make the playoffs, but when Adley Rutschman gets back in the lineup, they are going to be a tough team to beat. Uh, and so the Orioles are my sleeper MLB TV team uh, of the year so far. Okay. Uh, because they, again, took the series from the Yankees this weekend. And then last night, like, I tried to watch Sunday Night Baseball. I couldn't get more than an inning through it. First off, it is extremely boring. The The broadcast itself is extremely boring. Which, that's fine. I can get past that, whatever. The camera was not centered last night. It drove me so... I, I have oh. never been more... I have never been driven more crazy over something that small in my life. The camera was like in right field. And so 
the like you have the batter here in the batter's box and then there's like three quarters of the screen that is just empty and the batter is not centered the pitcher is not centered it literally drove me insane last night like I had to turn it off because I was so annoyed by that <laughs> if it's not centered I cannot watch it like it just it drives me up a, it drives me up a wall I don't know if that's like OCD or whatever, but it it I cannot watch it. It no, was not I, centered. It drove me insane. I agree. I, I hate when cameras are off by a little bit or, I don't know, it's just little stuff you notice and you're like, oh, that won't bug me. And then 10 minutes later, you can't stop looking at it and you're yes. not paying attention to the TV at all. Correct. <laughs> it's very annoying. So uh, so anyways, uh, that's, uh, that's what went on in the MLB this weekend. All right, uh, we're going to take a timeout. We'll have a short segment to close it out. Uh, more to come after this time out here on The Ticket. Our advice, just take the over. I think it's safe to say that I won the bet. More of the setup is coming up next on the Ticket Radio Network. Most prices still on the rise, cattle down. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB Market Countdown. May corn at 813 and a quarter of 23. With July corn at 807 up 23 and a quarter. May soybeans at 1714 and three quarters up 32 and a half. July soybeans at 1693 and a quarter up 28. May wheat at 1120 and a half up 24. With July wheat at 1128 and three quarters up 24 and a quarter. May cotton at 144.74 up 276. July cotton at 143.25 up 254. May rice at 1655 up 35 and a half. With July rice at 1688 also up 35 and a half. Moving on to livestock now, April live cattle at 140.47 and a half down 20, with June live cattle at 135.80 down 62 and a half. April feeder cattle at 155.77 and a half down 242 and a half. May feeder cattle at 159.15 down 262 and a half. May lane hogs at 116.52 and a half up 377 and a half, with June hogs at 122.40 up 392 and a half. That's your EAB market countdown, and I'm Scotty Woodson. Have a great day. The will of a farmer is like no other. Forged by the strength of generations past. Propelled by the hope of what lies ahead. Unpredictability cannot shake its resolve. It wears a coat of courage and commitment. Boots made of love for the land. At BASF, we support you with tools for tomorrow. New chemistries, seed traits, and technologies. Because we know the world's future will be fed by the will of a farmer. BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth. The landscape of media has changed and people are more skeptical than ever about where they get their news and information. While major news outlets show decreasing credibility, your local farm radio station still shows strong marks. In a recent survey, farmers rated information from their farm broadcasters twice as credible as major news outlets. Farm radio continues to be timely, accurate, and credible. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. At Plantigan Sports in Jonesboro, they know it's finally time to get outside, and they've got you covered no matter the sport. Get by Plantigan for new and used equipment and apparel for both youth and adults in baseball and softball. They also have what you need for soccer, golf, disc golf, and much more. And if you have outdoor sports equipment at your house that's no longer being used, bring it by Plantigan and turn it into cash. Before you head outside this spring, go inside Plantigan Sports at the corner of Highland and Caraway in Jonesboro. If you're a mechanic or mechanically inclined with the willingness to learn, Harris Ford in Newport would like to talk to you. For years, Harris Ford has been known to train and employ some of the best service technicians in America, and we're now looking for new applicants. 
So whether you're a seasoned professional or mechanically inclined with a good attitude and willing to learn, Harris Ford is offering competitive pay and benefit packages. So don't delay and contact Gerald today at Harris Ford, 523-5559, 523-5559. The Mosquito Armageddon is upon us in Jonesboro and Northeast Arkansas and Southeast Missouri. Farm fields are being flooded with millions of gallons of water as we speak, throwing gasoline on the breeding fire of blood-sucking vampire mosquitoes no one likes. This alien an invasion is happening, and Mosquito Joe needs to treat you now before it's too late. Mosquitoes have no benefit to humans. They must be exterminated. As a matter of fact, if a mosquito bites me, then bites you. It's like using the same syringe. And that's why they do what they do at Mosquito Joe. Imagine being able to open your door during the summer and not worry about 500 mosquitoes trying to get in your house or buzzing around your ear at night while you sleep. Yes, our treatment is pet-friendly, yard-friendly. We have all-natural treatment that is bee-friendly. Yes, this kills fleas, ticks, black flies, gnats, and no seal as well. And yes, this kills mosquitoes on contact when they land on what we've sprayed. Call us today at 576-4257 so we can begin treatment of your home or business before the mosquitoes crush your way of living. It's only $49 for the first spray. Mosquito Joe, make outside fun again. Call 576-4257. Time out's over and we're going to the full court press. Now let's get back to the setup on the Ticket Radio Network. All right, welcome back here on the setup as we get set to close out a Monday edition of the show here on the Ticket Radio Network. Uh, Yesterday, lost in all the chaos of the NBA playoffs and MLB baseball and just everything else going on, we had a playoff on the PGA Tour as Jordan Spieth, for the second consecutive Easter Sunday, Uh, found himself victorious in a golf tournament as he was able to defeat Patrick Cantlay yesterday in a playoff. Uh, So they're both playing the 18th. Uh, Both go in the bunker, greenside bunker, right in front of the green, on their second shot. And so for their third shot of the par four, they're chipping... uh, in front of the green, in the bunker, Jordan Spieth goes first, and he nearly hold it. Like, it was a, a solid two, three feet away from from going in. So, <laughs> he taps in for par. Then, uh, Patrick Cantlay kind of flushes it over the flag into the back of the green. And so, he's got probably like a 20, 25-foot putt coming back for par, and he misses. And so Jordan Spieth is able to win the RBC Heritage yesterday in uh, Hilton Head. And so it's three or two straight years now he's won on Easter Sunday. By the way, Master Sunday next year falls on Easter. So if you oh, want wow. to get those Jordan Spieth futures in right now, now <laughs> would be the time to do it. Easter so, is his day. Easter Easter is the only day Jordan Spieth can win a golf tournament, it would appear. So next year at the go. Masters, it's it's a lot. <laughs> uh, next big event on the golf side is the Wells Fargo that starts up on May 5th. So uh, we'll have that to to look forward to coming up in golf in, in a few weeks. Also, this weekend, the USFL started up. I'm not going to proclaim that I watched it because I didn't. I... As a sports fan, I am out of sight, out of mind. I 
struggle to care much about football right now. Like I agree. It it I care about the NBA playoffs. I care about regular or regular season baseball. And when it gets to the conference finals, I'll start caring about playoff hockey. It, it it's kind of low on the list, but I, I do enjoy watching the conference finals and the Stanley Cup finals. I agree. I, I love hockey, but yeah, I haven't been so, as interested. Football to me is out of sight, out of mind. Like July, August is when I'll get back into football. And when I get back into football, it'll be heavy. But the USFL started this weekend. And I found it kind of interesting just seeing some of the broadcast things that they did. Uh, because like like they had put they put a chip in the football. And so you're able to see if it actually crossed the goal line or first down marker. And so that's pretty cool. And I didn't see any of the goal line thing, but I did see a clip on Twitter where they were putting that technology to use to see if the ball ever crossed the first down marker. And they go back to this like 3D replay, and it shows that it's about the nose of the football short. It's pretty cool. So uh, I thought that was interesting. We also saw like a helmet cam that was debuted. Uh, (laughs) Wow. It so like the clip I saw of it was during one of the games on Saturday night when it was raining. And so, like, obviously there was a lot of rain on the helmet and stuff. I would like to know what that would look like in good weather conditions because I do think that is kind of interesting. But it it, it at least was cool um, to see that. Now, yeah. I don't think it's going to last long term. I would venture to guess within two to three years it's out. But I do think it might bring some broadcast elements over to the NFL side of things because Fox is the one doing it. So it might bring some different elements to NFL broadcasts next year. We'll see. It could. All right, that does it for us today. The Drive with Brad Bobo is next from 3 to 6. Uh, coming up tomorrow from 7 to 10, it's the front row with Budge Row. 10 to 12, it's Red Wolf Roll Call. 12 to 2, it's the Workday Red Zone. Get you back to us tomorrow from 2 to 3. For Andrew, I'm Cade. So long. Have a great Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Had a child.